Well, good morning. Good to see everyone. It finally rained. <laughs> uh, thank you. I can't remember. I don't think it's rained since I've gotten back from vacation. So, uh, Deb and I are walking down the road. Uh, if you've been to our house, you know our road is not paved. <laughs> and some two cars, and that's a rarity. Two cars went by and uh, shoot, you know, dust flying up in the air and so forth. So, uh, things are supposed to rain today, a couple days this week. So, uh, um, of course, they might get too much down in the Gulf. I don't know where this hurricane's going, but uh, um, thank God for the rain. Good, glad that you're here. We're talking about stress or being stress-less. <laughs> uh, fear, worry, anxiety, all those things that we uh, try and deal with or struggle with. So, let's pray and we'll jump into the topic today is change up. Father God, thank you. It's great to be here. Uh, thank you for the rain. Uh, you do provide, uh, not exactly like we like sometimes or on our time scale, but on yours. Uh, we thank you for the opportunity to, to be the church, to get, get together and uh, uh, hug, shake hands, um, smile at each other. Uh, it's just good to know that there's other like-minded folks around because uh, life is, uh, is, is tough. And during the week, we, we don't see a lot of that probably or rub shoulders with that a lot. Uh, we thank you so much for your word. Uh, we have our ideas and we think this and think that, but you know, your word is truth and, and it penetrates our hearts and minds and, and can change us. And that's what we want to talk about uh, in this important area this morning. So guide these words, God, let them honor you in Jesus' name. Amen. <clears throat> All right, we started off the series with a rope, remember? We asked the question, what's at the end of your rope? All right. What is it that's causing you stress, fear, anxiety? What do you worry about? Once you figure out that, the next question is, why is it there? Okay, all right, I figured out, because anxiety a lot of time is kind of vague. But if you can figure out what it is, then your next question is, why is it there? Why am I stressed out about this, or about that? <clears throat> now, simple question, what should be at the end of your rope? Or who should be at the end of your rope? <laughs> All right, God should be, right? So when you start tugging on it, you should always find God, but uh, unfortunately, we don't always do that. So I'm going to start off with a question today. Why do you get so stressed, not just once in a while, not just occasionally, but this seems to be a daily activity, right, for most of us? And uh, one area I want to touch on this morning, I'll give you some statistics. I like statistics, but uh, if you don't, just kind of turn me off for two or three minutes. <laughs> but uh, uh, I want to talk about te technology. Now, I don't believe technology is bad. In fact, we're celebrating 500, year, 500 years of uh, Martin Luther posting his thesis, started the Reformation. But the big thing that really changed 500 years ago was the invention of the printing press. Because with the mention of printing press, what was the first thing they were printing? Bibles, right. So instead of just the pastor having a Bible, everybody could have a Bible. And that's huge, 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 huge. Of course, I'm sure there's some bad stuff got printed, right? So, uh, but it's not the technology's fault. It's your heart and my heart. All technology does is reveal what's in our heart and mind. Uh, I hear so many statistics about pornography and how big a deal it is and so forth. Well, you used to have to go somewhere or buy it or something. Now it's, it's on your phone. <laughs> it's on the internet. Anybody has access to it. Well, if you have a pornography problem, it's not because of technology. It's not because of the internet. Why is it? 
because you had that problem anyway. There's something in your heart that caused that to be a problem. Now, um, on my cell phone, I have a Bible app. Now, I don't carry my Bible. I never carry my Bible around with me all the time. But now I do. <laughs> I carry my Bible around with me all the time. So technology is cool, beneficial. Obviously, it can be used for bad stuff too. So let's do a little bit of statistics here. Uh, how much data is produced in a day? How much data do you think is produced in a day? All right, let me give you a couple of ways to, to judge it. How many people have been to the Library of Congress? Probably most of you have never been there. Wally and I have been there, okay. All right, there's this huge building, and they have this kind of round area where you have to sit. You can't take the books out. You know, you go there, and you have to read the stuff there. <clears throat> All right, and they say that God, people go get your book. It takes about an hour to get your book. You put in your request, things about, and they, they go on roller skates all over the place because there's like millions and millions of books in there, okay? All right, you know how much data is produced in a day? The equivalent of 250 libraries of Congress. I mean, that's just mind-boggling, and that's how much data is produced every day. Now, I'll give you some perspective on that. Back in 1900, in a person's average lifetime, they were exposed to the equivalent of 16 newspapers. In a lifetime. That's the data they were exposed to. Of course, there was no TV, no radio. Uh, not everybody had a newspaper anyway. Um, 1900. Now, we're going to fast forward to 1986. Most of us were alive in 1986, right? All right, the equivalent of 40 newspapers, but not in a lifetime, not in a year, not in a month, but every day, all right? Equivalent of 40 newspapers of data produced every day. All right, let's fast forward to 2011. This is the last statistic I could find. It's now, it was up to 174 newspapers daily, all right? So it's probably higher than that. Let's, let's push it up there. Maybe it's up to 200, equivalent of 200 newspapers Daily. This is the data this produces. Now, the question is, how do you and I process all that information? How do, how, how do we handle it? How do we process it? And here's the interesting, really interesting statistic I came across. This is, I, just, I didn't believe it at first. Then I got to thinking about it. Yeah, it's probably true. We consume, actually said over 12 hours, of media per day. That means TV, radio, newspapers, uh, the internet, of course, uh, anything that you would read, anything you would listen to, uh, etc. And I think, well, people have to work eight hours a day, most of us, right? Well, I was thinking about when I'm working eight hours a day, almost every bit of that time is involved in media. Whether I'm reading something or studying something on the internet, whatever I'm, what I'm doing, um, so that's the statistic. So you and I are being bombarded with over 12 hours of something <laughs> every day. Now, let me ask you a really probing question. How much of that 12 hours is Bible? Or, you know, preachers or Christian music or whatever. Now, in this group, hopefully a little bit more. But for some people, it's five minutes a day. They don't listen to Christian music, they don't listen to Christian t radio or TV. They might read their Bible five, ten minutes a day. So you've got 12 hours of something else and five minutes of God. So what do you think the outcome of that's going to be? Because we're going to talk about our minds here in a few minutes. 
Now, I don't know what you listen to, but no matter what you listen to as far as his news is concerned, let's look at this statistic. Among news media outlets, negative news outlasts positive news 17 to 1. And I'm thinking, we've got all these, all these uh, cable channels, and there's not a cable channel with positive news. You know why? Nobody watch it. Nobody would watch it. <laughs> so sometimes you get this tidbit, you know, of two minutes in, in an hour of, of positive news. <clears throat> so is this news, whatever, improving us or destroying us? Is it upsetting us daily? I mean, last Sunday, all these people got shot. That's upsetting. I understand that. But 100 years ago, nobody would know outside of Las Vegas that it happened. Not for a week or two. Now we know instantaneous. We got up Monday morning, my wife tells me, looks at her phone and says, ah, a bunch of people just got shot. We, we know. So I got to thinking about this. Um, 1980, I think it was in June of 1980, um, Ted Turner launched CNN. So before that, and most of us remember that, how much news did you get a day? You got a half hour local news, maybe a half hour international news from 6.30 to 7.30 or 6 to 7, whatever. That was it, okay? And so at least you weren't bombarded. You could watch, listen to the radio, but you weren't bombarded with 17 to 1, negative news over positive news. Of course, we already talked about there's a lot of fake news out there now, besides, which is crazy. Um, so some of you probably have the news on, maybe not CNN, maybe Fox, whatever, all day long. <laughs> uh, I walk into people's houses, and they have some, almost, most people have their TV on all day long with something. Some people, it's the Weather Channel. <laughs> I don't know how much the weather changes every five minutes, but anyway, uh, Weather Channel on all day long. And even if you go out to eat, we went out to eat Thursday night. Almost any restaurant you go to, unless it's really upscale, there's TVs all around the walls, right? And I wasn't looking at the TV, but I looked at my, uh, at my phone and my wife says to me, ah, what are you doing? You should be gazing into my eyes. I said, you're right. I should be doing that. But my car was at the mechanics and he had texted me. I had an excuse. But anyway, uh, um, <laughs> we are bombarded. Now, here's the biggie. Who can tell me what happened on June 29th, 2007? Who knows? My wife knows, but she can't answer. Nobody knows? Where's Josh? He should know. He's not in here. A guy got up on a stage in California. Steve Jobs was his name. And he held up one of these things. And he said, this is going to be a phone, an iPod, and basically a computer, the internet, all in one. It's called the first iPhone. And it's changed the world forever. Because you and I carry this with us 24-7. We can't get away from this. Now, a few of you don't have one. <laughs> I understand that. But most of us do. And it's a good thing. It's a great thing. You, you folks can get in touch with me almost any time you want. No matter, even if I'm running out on the trail, I have this phone with me. Okay? 24-7. So could, this is the next question, could this be having any impact on your or my stress level? What do you think? 
<laughs> Absolutely. Now the problem with 24-7 news is this. So much, I don't get percentage, 98, 99% of that news, can you do anything about it? You can't do a thing about it. Now we could, but I'm sure you did, I did, pray for the people in Las Vegas. You couldn't do that. But otherwise, there's not much you and I can do. Stuff going on all over the world, not much you and I can do. And that's part of the problem with worry is <laughs> we spend our time thinking, dwelling on stuff you and I can't do anything about. The weather's another biggie that we, <laughs> but anyway. <clears throat> Instead of fixing what we can fix. Now, I, we can't fix everything. We can fix a few things. Uh, I got to think about Micah's backpack. We can't feed all the hungry kids in the world. We can feed 23, right? That's what we're doing on the weekend. We feed 23 kids. So instead of worrying about all the hungry kids in the world, we are feeding 23 kids. And again, if we could do more, but we certainly shouldn't sit around worrying about all the hungry kids in the world. So, what do you do? What do I do? And I'm not saying get rid of your cell phones, <laughs> okay, or iPhone, or get rid of your internet, get rid of your TV, get rid of your radio. Here's what I want to suggest to you. Change your source. Because if you change your source, it'll change your course. It's kind of that, uh, what's that computer thing? Garbage in, garbage out thing, right? Right? So, whatever's going in is going to come out. You listen to, the, to, to 17 to 1, negative news or positive news. What kind of attitude are you and I going to have? We're going to have a negative attitude. Or we're going to have to really fight not to. Now, let me ask you some simple questions. Like, does that, watching news all day long, does that make you a better person? Does it make you a better husband, better wife? Does it make you a, a better Jesus follower? Does it make you a better parent? Does it make you a better friend? Um, I don't think so. I mean, you might want to argue with me, uh, but I don't think so. Does that mean we should boycott the news and not watch the news? No, 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 of course not. But change your source changes your course. I don't listen to the radio much, but when I do, I listen to Christian radio or Christian music. That's just my, my option. If you want to listen to something else, that's, that, that's fine. Um, we're going to look at something that Paul wrote. Most of you know who Paul was. He was a uh, great starter of churches, uh, missionary we'd call him, you know, all around the Mediterranean. You know, a lot of the Bible, the stuff that he wrote, letters he wrote to these churches he started. And we're going to look at one, a letter he wrote to a church in Philippi. We call it Philippians. Now, we think about our stress. Now, the, Pope, the, the, the Jesus followers in Philippi in, that Paul are writing to, they are in threat of at least losing their jobs, but possibly losing their life for being a Jesus follower, Okay? Now, so I don't know what your stress level is, but if you and I were to lose our jobs, our income, our, our livelihood, possibly our lives, where would our stress level go? Okay. So that's the situation that Paul is writing to. And we're just going to read a couple of verses, very familiar verses, out of Philippians chapter 4. Now, it's interesting. When the Bible talks about our topic, stress, worry, fear, and anxiety, it always says the same thing. And we, went, we go back to week one. We push back against it. We argue about it. We say, I can't do that. 
But the Bible says, always consistent. And here's what he, Paul writes. Again, to people that are stressed about fear for their lives, he says, don't worry about anything. Ugh. Why is that in there? Don't worry about my job. Don't worry about my relationships. Don't worry about my finances. Don't worry about school if you're in school. Don't worry about your health. Don't worry. I, I, my kids, my grandkids, don't. Anything means anything, right? So you and I, biblically speaking, have no pushback, right? But what about, no, what, no, 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 no. Don't worry about anything. We talked about this one week. God is in control, but you have a role. All right? So figure out what it is. When I pray, one of my favorite prayers is, okay, God, I'm praying about this situation. What is my, I don't say role, I say, what, what do I need to do? How am I part of the answer to that prayer? That's huge, I think, when you pray. I mean, it's easy to sit back and just, oh, I'm praying for this person, pray for that person. Pray. Oh, I'm such a great Christian. I prayed for all these people. No, no, no. What does God want you to do to improve whatever you're praying about? Now, whatever you and I get worried about, does God care about that? Does God care about that a lot more than you and I even care about that? Of course, the answer is absolutely. <clears throat> so, you and I can't live in a vacuum. God says, don't worry. Instead, do something else. All right? And what he says is to pray about not just things you're worried about or not just the worst, worst stressors, but everything. Just, just, just pray about everything. It makes it easy, right? Oh, I don't need to pray about this? No, no, no. If that fits in everything, you, you just pray about everything. <clears throat> And part of prayer is talking to God, right? Tell God what you need. He already knows, but he wants you to hear it. He wants to hear it. Thank him for all he has done. All the times he's helped. All the times he's provided what you needed. <clears throat> Thank him for all that he has done. Big part of prayer, and I am told you I'm reading this book now, is listening, right? Prayer is supposed to be a conversation, and what we do in prayer most of the time is what? We talk and then say, bye God. <laughs> and I got thinking about this. If I'm talking to somebody that's more important than I am, say I had an inter interview with the President of the United States or the governor or even the mayor of, of Hagerstown or something. In fact, I did interview the, gov the mayor of Hagerstown once about 25 years ago. All right, in that presence of that per person, do I talk more or listen more? I'm going to listen more, right? Um, and yet we spend, we're talking to God who's way more important than you and I, we spend most of our time what? Talking. Yeah. So he said, pray. And it doesn't say this in here, but in part in that, I stress for you to need to listen and tell him your needs, thank him for all he has done. <clears throat> um, actually, that's next lies out of order. <laughs> um, I don't know you can pull up the next verse can you pull up the next verse <clears throat> no verse <laughs> yeah okay something's out of order here but anyway 
Next verse. Then you will experience, so there is a, this is conditional, right? So you and I want this without that. We want the peace without the praying. We want the peace without giving up the worry. Like it doesn't work that way, okay? So it's conditional. So if you stop worrying, if you're praying about everything, then, all right, then you and I have control of this or to make the decision, choice. You will experience God's peace, which exceeds everything you can understand, anything you can understand. That word, that phrase, that terminology means it overflows. I like think of uh, Psalm 23, my cup overflows. All right. So your peace overflows. Then I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand, but how many of you could you say your peace is overflowing? I, personally, I, I can't. He says, <clears throat> his peace will guard your hearts and minds, hearts and minds, motions and uh, thoughts, as you live in Christ Jesus. So what are you living in? Some of you are living in the internet. Some of you are living in Fox News. Some of you are living in Facebook. Some of you are living in lots of other places. As you live in Christ Jesus. Again, we are bombarded with data. 17 to 1 negative. I mean, you're going to be exposed to something somewhere. Are you just going to be passive or are you going to be active? Are you going to be proactive? Are you going to take control of what comes in to your mind? So, he goes on and says, Now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing on this topic of not worrying about anything. He says, fix your thoughts. So this is what you, what you attack. This is what you are proactive about. Not your feelings. We'll talk about that in a minute. Fix your thoughts. And there's going to be a list here. The first one is this. What is true? So you and I have a choice what we fix our thoughts on. Right? We may say we don't, but we do. You and I have a choice. What am I going to fix my thoughts on? And one of the problems with worry is the what ifs, isn't it? So how many of you thought after you heard about Las Vegas last Sunday, well, what if, I don't know, you, you guys were out in the public on yesterday, what if some gunman showed up there? Well, there's only 25 of you, whatever you said, but uh, it could happen, right? All right, what if? So, you know, you re- whatever's on the news, you know, somebody breaks somebody's house, well, somebody breaks into my house. And of course, what ifs about our kids and our grandkids too, right? Yeah. What if? You know, one of them gets a great driver's license. What if they have a car accident? What if they start getting involved in alcohol or drugs or whatever? When they get, you know, get somebody pregnant. I mean, the list is endless of what ifs. Now, you and I can't control what pops in our heads. All right? Just, I think Satan just plants thoughts in our heads, right? All right, so you and I can't control what pops in our head. We can control if it let it stay in our heads. If we're going to continue to dwell on it, if we're going to continue to think about it. So, what is true, and I put on your outline about the true because I think it's really important. Focus on what you know is true instead of what you 
feel is true. See, emotions are all over the place, right? Um, my, I think my wife's a little more emotional than I am, so I live with a person that's a little more emotional than I am, and I see it, not only in myself, but in her, and I see it with other people, obviously, too. So, simple question, is God in control? Okay. Now, we always say, yeah, 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 God's in control. <laughs> and the simple question is, why are you worried? Right? Right? What do you have to worry about? It's kind of like your kids. You, you control their environment when they're small. They don't worry because they know you're going to take care of it. So we have a heavenly father that's more powerful and more loving than any earthly parent. And so he is in control. And our problem is we see things like Las Vegas and we say, well, God can't be in control. That wouldn't be happening. Well, he's given mankind choice. Um, but in our society, always there's this big deal about truth, isn't it? Now, when we were growing up, there was truth. Nowadays, there's not truth. Truth is subjective, except for maybe in physics and, you know, the sciences, you know. Uh, our society picks and chooses what they consider truth. So two plus two is still four, I think. <laughs> that's, that, that's truth. You know, what goes up comes down. That's still truth. But you deal with any kind of social issues or whatever, it's all relative, right? So this lifestyle is okay or that lifestyle is okay. Um, there's limits, you know. We still think murder's wrong, I think, in our society. Uh, but, uh, you know, it's, 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 it's kind of vague and it's, you know, there's conditions and... Um, uh, it's subjective, uh, what, I, what we consider it true. But let's just kind of simplify this. Is love better than hate? Yeah. Ah, I think we agree with that, right? Is forgiveness better than seeking revenge? Yeah, yeah. I mean, we don't have to get into all the, the, the stuff you want to argue about. But, you know, truth is true. So when, when he says to think, or fix our thoughts on what is true... God is in control, God loves me, God forgives me, God's got this, that's true. Oh, I gotta worry about this, I gotta worry about this. That's not true, right? So there's a whole list, and I'm gonna take a lot of time talking about these. Uh, the second one is honorable. That's kind of a word we don't hear much anymore, right? There's not much honor anywhere in our culture, in our society. So what is honorable? So I got 12 hours of data input a, a, a day, how much of it is honorable? That's an interesting question, isn't it? Not much, probably. Uh, a simple, another simple word is what is right as opposed to what is wrong. And again, we simplify it, you know. Hate's wrong, love's right, uh, revenge is wrong, etc. What is pure? Phew! You know, much, much purity in our society, is there? Purity of thought, purity of action, um, this lovely word is really interesting. It means moving toward love. All right, so that means, am I moving toward love in my relationships? Am I moving toward love in my interaction with other people? Am I moving toward love? Am I more loving now than I was yesterday or the day before, the week before? <clears throat> so my wife was asking me this question. She said, well, what about what you watch on TV about this list? And she said, I said, well, I watch sports. I said, I guess it gets me down when my team loses. And my team lost yesterday. I didn't get that down because I'm, I'm not that wrapped up in it that much. All right? 
But I enjoy sports. I like the competitiveness. I like the, the skill levels. And I find that um, exciting, exhilarating, um, etc. Then I said, I like watch detective shows. And in, a half, in an hour, they always catch the bad guy. That's pretty good, right? One hour, and they f- always catch the bad guys. <laughs> Something terrible happens at the beginning, usually. But, <clears throat> you know, they catch the bad guys. But, but think about what you read, what you listen to, what you watch on TV. Uh, is stuff that is true, that is honorable, that is right, that is pure? Is it moving toward love? Admirable. Whew. Our society is wacko, right? What kind of things do people in our society admire? Uh, it's just crazy, right? But what should we admire? We should admire, admire things of the good news. Now, one of the great things, every time we have a tragedy in the United States, whether it's the hurricanes or the shooting, we see the goodness. Now, I believe we're, we're born sinners, but there is goodness in us, right? And when these disasters happen, people gather around and, and offer support and, and help. And, you know, people going up in the tower 9-11 and, and gave their lives to try and save other people. We do see that. That is admirable, isn't it? So, is your life and my life admirable? Then he says, think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. So what things are excellent? Not just mediocre. What kind of things are excellent? Let's just not settle for mundane. Let's seek out excellence and something stuff that is worthy of praise. What is actually worthy of praise? So instead of fixing our thoughts on worrying about, fretting, fear, having anxiety about what if, it's always about tomorrow, what if tomorrow, this is the way we should spend our time and energy. This is where our thoughts should go. We'll talk about, again, about emotions here in a minute. So I put it, put it on your outline. So do you? So do, do I? Is that what we fix our thoughts on? Is that what you and I are doing? And I made the statement on your outline, your problem may be your source. If I'm not fixing my thoughts on those things, what is the source of my thoughts? What is the source, what is the data input that I'm getting? What, it must be garbage in instead of something positive in. So my statement I mentioned earlier, reiterate, change your source will change your course, right? If I got positive stuff coming in, I got positive stuff going out. Change your source will change your course. So I wanted to discuss a few practical things. And some of you, if you don't have a cell phone, some of these things or access to the Internet won't won't apply. But uh, especially in our second service, crowd will be a big deal. Turn off all notifications. See, my phone, I can, every time somebody emails me, which would be 50 times a day, uh, my wife probably twice that many, uh, my phone could go off. I could do that, but I don't. I have that, and I do have texting on. So if you would text me, I would get notification, and I would look at that. And unless it's important, I, you know, probably won't respond right away. I might. I might. Um, I don't keep my phone by my bed at night. My wife does, but I don't. So if you try and get me at night, good luck. <laughs> I'm not going to answer. Uh, but turn off all notifications. Do you need to know the instant somebody sends you an email? Are you that important a person? I don't think so. I know I'm not. All right. 
And besides, how much of, the, of that, and I, hopefully a lot of mine is, I got a lot of blogs and stuff, Christian blogs that I receive daily. How much of the, the email stuff is positive and, and negative? Now here's a weird thing. How much positive emails do you have to, to, ba- to receive to balance off one negative one? If you've got 10 people telling you how great you are and one person tells you, hey, I hate your guts, what are you going to think about? <laughs> You're going to think about the one instead of about the 10. That's just the way we're wired, right? <clears throat> so you can turn off notifications. Um, just a suggestion. You're going to do what you want, I know, anyway. But if you want to be less stressed, that's one way to do it. So whatever. Once an hour, once every three hours, you check your phone, deal with it, and then forget it. Second one, do a social media fast. I don't know how much time you spend in social media, Facebook and stuff. And again, technology is great. We, we post our second service on Facebook, Facebook Live. We got to watch it two weeks ago. And you can go back and watch it. All right? You know, there's nothing wrong with that. But there's a, <laughs> Facebook is, I think, has gotten more negative over time. People posting, you know, ranting and raving about this and about that. Um, so, do a social media fast. If this is a real issue to you, I suggest like doing it for a week. You can actually do it. You survive before this, right? <laughs> uh, you can survive after this. Uh, for, for a lot of us, maybe just a day, like Sundays. I'm just going to, you know, not get on Facebook and other things. Just, just stay off of it for a day. It will not kill you. And I guarantee you it will lower your stress level. Now, you'll have a little stress wondering, what am I not looking at? <laughs> but... That will be less than what you do look at, okay? Um, Is this... One thing I have a problem I have with Facebook is this, and those type of things. When I look at that stuff, I have one or two reactions. I either feel superior... It's a comparison thing, right? I either feel superior to that that person's life's falling apart, my life is good. Or, wow, their life is fantastic. My life is the pits. We do that comparison thing. It's not beneficial. It's an inferior superiority thing. Neither one's, one's good for us. So, social media fast, another suggestion. Another one is, this was really fascinating, I thought. Eating dinner together. I don't know how much, and some of us are just couples. Uh, Greg, I don't know what you do. I guess you have to eat by yourself. <laughs> uh, yeah, call somebody up and, you know, share your meal. But uh, the statistics are just overwhelming. If families that eat dinner together three to five times a week have all sorts of less problems. Less problems with their kids, less problems with their teenagers. Because we've lost the, <laughs> we've lo- well, the other thing is you've got to make sure they turn their phones off or not bring them to the table. Uh, because um, we've lost the art of conversation. And what's the most important thing in relationships is conversation, right? Being able to communicate. And so, we have a TV in our kitchen. We rarely turn it on. But uh, don't have the TV on, obviously, (laughs) or the radio on while you're eating together. But actually talk, all right? That's a biggie. Help your stress level. Instead of worrying about what your spouse is doing or thinking or kids, talk to them, right? Simple suggestion. And then back to the social media thing. I want to change the order here. Change who you follow. Just change who you follow. You know, if this is somebody you went to school with back in high school and, you know, all, all the ranting and raving about all this, just delete them. 
All right? Just, just, you don't need that. Um, uh, my wife does this more than I do, but you know, somebody uses a lot of foul language to just delete them. I mean, these are relatives of ours, but you know, I don't need to expose myself to that. <clears throat> what is it doing to your mind and your emotions? All right? If it's not good, get rid of it. Right? If it's not helping, if it's not making you better, stop doing it. I, I think there's something like, it's like a, a, a train wreck. Everybody wants to go see it, right? Well, that's kind of with our lives. We just, we are attracted to that stuff. And that, that's crazy because it ups our stress level. So back to this verse. We'll go through the list again. He says, this is the final thing. Fix your thoughts. True. Honorable. Right. Pure. Move toward love. Admirable. Excellent. And worthy of praise. Here's why this is so important. I'll put this uh, next slide up. So your thoughts affect your actions, all right? So if your thoughts are positive, you're going to act positive. If thoughts are negative, you're going to act be, be negative, right? It's just common sense. Actions result in habits. And some of you are, and it's a horrible term, habitual worriers, right? It is a habit. And so you, when you say, I can't stop, I can't stop doing this because it's a habit. You can, but it's hard because it's a habit, your thoughts have resulted over and over in this action, so now it's a habit. But here's the worst part. Habits result in character. So, simple question. Would you like to be labeled a worry ward? Anybody? Now, part of the worst part about this, if you're a Jesus follower, and if you're not, we're glad that you're here. I think this stuff will be helpful to, helpful to you. But if you're a Jesus follower, our character matters because this is what other people see. And if you're a big worry wart when you claim to be a Jesus follower and believe in a God that's got it under control, people aren't interested in that God. It's, your life's not any better than theirs. So this is not just about you and I. It's about our, well, we use the word testament. It's about our character, what people see. And one of the greatest testimonies you and I can have is when our lives are falling apart, but we're not falling apart. People don't understand that. Well, how can you have peace? You're like, oh, my God's got this. So this is huge. There's so much negativity in the world. You and I don't need to be part of that. Shouldn't be part of that. So what do you do? Change your source will change your course. Out of time for today. We got one more week on stress. <laughs> and then we'll move. Actually, we're going to move to mess. We're going from stress to mess. So that's what you can look forward to in, in two weeks. All right, let's pray. <clears throat> ah, Father God, I'm going to say thank you, even though it's tough, to read it over and over again. Don't worry. And... Uh, that doesn't sit well with me at times, uh, but I thank you that I think I'm be doing better than I, I was. And uh, I hope this series is helping all of us improve this. I don't think, well, maybe we'll get to the place where we'll never worry about anything, but that's the goal. That's the instruction. Let's not shoot for something less. Um, and, and God, I truly believe that anything you in, in, uh, instruct us to do or uh, command us to do is possible by your strength and your power. So we ask for 
wisdom and I ask for courage to actually do something about this issue. And we thank you that uh, you have a solution. And we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.